I'm just going to read this to you. This is definitely something we're going to be um, talking about at Christmas time, especially on Sunday. It's Isaiah 9, 5 through 7, a very familiar passage. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. You know, we were taught looking at the world and it doesn't look like there's a lot of peace going on. But it says his government and peace, there shall be no end. What's he talking about? He's not talking about the peace in the world and the land. He's talking about your heart. Is your heart filled with peace? We talked about our souls this morning. It's not the body that sins. It's the soul that causes the body to sin because it's what's inside that Lord is looking at. And, and I believe that that is not, that is a very true scripture because many of you, and even Sally, she went through this horrendous day yesterday, but did you have peace? Yes. You can, you can have peace in the midst of those times. Then you really know you're a believer because you're believing God is going to fulfill all that he has said. I like that. Anyways, that even, that's not even my message. What I have, can you help me out again, please? What I have here is a gift box that the Lord had me put together. And I am going to get the next gift that the Lord gave us out of this box. Let me see if I can find it. Hmm. Let me see. I can't find it. Oh, wait. Where is it? There it is. Thank you. The Holy Ghost is invisible. The Holy Ghost. That's the gift that's next. And we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost right now. And I think it's so important that we know that that is a gift. Every person that has received Christ into their heart has received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So every person in here that has received Christ, it doesn't mean you're going to have to speak in tongues. doesn't mean you're going to raise people from the dead. It means you are sealed unto salvation. That's what that means. Now the gifts differing the Holy Spirit will give to you later. But you've got to first have the Holy Spirit in you before you can get those gifts. There's a gift of faith. You know, we all have faith. But there's also the gift of faith. We talked about it on Tuesday night at prayer, didn't we? The gift of faith. We imparted the gift of faith to people. Because it's different than just faith. We all have faith. God's been giving us a measure of faith. Every person on this planet has faith. But do you have the gift of faith? That comes from the Holy Spirit. John 7, 38-39 says, He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What does that mean? You're just going to be sloshy and spill water everywhere? No, it means your mouth, what you speak, how you handle yourself is going to be refreshing to those who see you. You want to be a refreshing pool to somebody. And then it says this, 
But this spake he of the Spirit, which they believed on him later to receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is where churches get confused, and I'm just throwing it out there. This is what I believe. That's why I said when you receive Christ, you have received the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, you can't be saved. The Holy Ghost is who seals you. Okay, you've got to have the Holy Spirit. But when the disciples were walking along the pathway with Jesus, the Holy Spirit wasn't given yet. Are you, are you right about that? There's no Holy Spirit yet. Jesus said, when I go to my Father, then I will leave you the Holy Spirit. The transition that they're going to go through is very crazy at that time. Because they're going to go, wait a minute, how do I get the Holy Spirit in me now? What happens? You know, the Bible tells them that they have to then be received, receive the Holy Spirit. It says, have you believed since you received? Have, excuse me, have you received since you believed? They believed Jesus Christ was the Son of God, but they haven't received the Holy Ghost because Jesus was still walking around. Okay, this is what I want to get at. When you receive now, since Jesus has already paid the price and he's in heaven and he's given us the comforter, the Holy Spirit, when we receive him, now we are responsible. We are, we are not going to get out of being responsible to what the Holy Spirit speaks to every heart in here. You, we're talking about right and wrong. The Holy Spirit tells you what is right and wrong. You know you'll go, Ugh. you go, Ugh. ouch. Okay, so I'm going to tell on myself. We've got a small group here, but I'm going to tell on myself. We did the Help for the Holidays dinner over at Marlene and Glenn's Diner. And I wish I would have heard Bush speak before I went over there because it would have held, I would have held my tongue. But my tongue began to wag a little bit. And what happened was this. It wasn't a big wag, but it was enough that I got convicted. Oh, why did I say that? Have you ever done that? Why did I say that? And you try to figure out how to apologize and how to fix it. And you just got to stop because... It's in you. You're the one that needs to just go to God and repent. So on, uh, on that night, um, I went in there, and there was a family that came in to get their dinner, and they were like, they, they looked like they were living on the street. They didn't comb their hair, and I knew the family. They were here. And um, so then J Janet comes over, the owner, and says, Okay, now, they're, they're part of the help for the holidays, right? They're going to get the free dinner. I go, yeah. I go, can't you tell? Can't you tell? I said three words out of my mouth. And I go, oh, why did I say that? Oh, my gosh, I just want to crawl under a rock and never come out again. I apologized to her. But still, I said it, and it just went out like that. And it was just those three words. I said, I am so sorry. I apologize. Because, see, they were concerned that people in need were really going to get the dinner. And I was assuring her that, yes, the people in need are getting the dinner. Unfortunately, I did say that. Has anybody ever said anything like that? I'm sorry, am I the only one? Yep. Do you have to say, oh, Father, forgive me? You know what we've talked about in Bible study? We don't sin against ourselves or each other. We sin against God. Even David said, I sinned against you, God, when he did all those things that he did. We need to repent to God. And then, of course, reconcile our friendships with each other. But God is the number one first. So the Holy Spirit was not yet given. 
And so when you receive Christ, let me say that again and again, when you receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. Now there are gifts given after that. It could be speaking in tongues. It could be raising the dead. It could be prophesying, teaching. It could be leading worship. All those things, the gifts of the, the Holy Spirit can give you. But I, I just have to get that straight because a lot of people think, well, I'm less than, I'm not a really good Christian because I don't speak in tongues. Or I, you know, they make, and people who do speak in tongues makes those people feel less than. Do you know what I call that? A religious spirit. A religious spirit will kill people off in the church faster than anything. They keep the law, the letter of the law, but it's not the law of love. Okay? The law of love covers a multitude of sin. But, oh no, we're pointing the finger. They did this, they did that, they're acting this way. They're... Who are we? We got a religious spirit. We need to be free. So for us today, the best gift that we could receive is what? Jesus himself, Lord and Savior. So what's the evidence that you have received Jesus into your life? Do you get more clarity? Are you thinking a little differently than you did before you were saved? I know I do. I mean, it's been 47 years, but our plan of 47 years, something like that, um, that I had been a, a non-believer, and I can still remember the things that I used to say and do that were contrary to God and his heart. So we get clarity, our desires change, conviction of sin because the Holy Spirit tells you right and wrong. You know, the Bible says, I don't need a man to teach me. I don't, you don't, I don't need, you didn't need to listen to me. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. He says, I have the unction. I will give you what you need. I like that because we all have opportunity. Nobody is greater than another. You can hear him speak and give clear instructions. Do you need help right now? Are you saying, Lord, where are you? I can't hear you. Maybe you need to stop talking. I, I have to say that. Right, Tom? Yep. <laughs> yep. You want to help others. That's part of your conviction. You know, there's a lot of good doers. You know what I'm talking about? The people who have nonprofit organizations, but they're not faith-based. They're not Christian-based. They're just doing good for people. Does doing good for others save you? No. No, but it is an evidence when you are saved that you're going to do those things. But see, people are out doing those things without the salvation and they can do all they want. You know, I talked to my cousin today. Matter of fact, Tom, I don't know if you got an email from him. Yeah. Back east, um, he called and said that our cousin passed away this morning. And we began to talk, and I had no idea his faith. I thought he was a believer. No, he says, we're all God's children, and everybody goes to heaven. And I go, well, okay, we've got a little bit of discussion to come up with down the road. Let's take it on another day. I couldn't do it today. But I had no idea he was believing that way, that if you're doing good, it's going to be written down and you're going to get to heaven because you're doing good. 
It's funny how he just said that this morning, and that's kind of basically what I'm talking about. Doesn't mean, you know, when you, when you do something good, when you've received Christ, then he writes it down and says, oh yeah, look at Linda, she's doing this. He does have a book. He writes down a book of remembrance, he calls it. A book of remembrance. And he remembers. You know what he doesn't write down? My sin. Because he sees Jesus. That's a person who's really received Christ into their life. So the Holy Ghost convicts us. He leads us. You know, Jesus was led by the Spirit to 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. The devil didn't do it. God sent him to the wilderness through the power of the Holy Spirit. So what you're going through today, don't say the devil did it. Say, even when, I guess it was, um, anyways, people in the Bible who have said, oh, it was, who was it? Job. He said, it wasn't the people, it isn't anything, it's God. You allowed me to go through this stuff. He gave Satan permission for him to go through that stuff. Why? To bring us into his likeness, to get us to know God's grace and mercy better. We were talking about the Ten Commandments. Why do we have the Ten Commandments? It's to show you sin. If you don't have something good to display, how are you going to know what is not good? That's why he gave those commandments. That's why he's given these laws. He wants the people to see where their heart is. If you don't have anything to gauge it from, you're just going to do anything. See, that's why he gave those commandments. So there's peace apparent in your heart when you have the Holy Spirit. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is not a vapor? It's a, he's a person. He's a third person of the Godhead. We actually can feel the Holy Ghost. When we do prayer nights, you guys, right, don't you experience the power and presence? I mean, it's like thick in here when we pray. He inhabits the praises of his people. If you're complaining, I can tell you right now, you're not going to feel the power of the Holy Ghost. It's when you're praising him and thanking him and believing him that you're going to experience that. He comforts us, and we're never alone. And I'll say it this way. I know when I'm alone physically in my house, I'll say group hug, group hug, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and all the angels. Group hug. I'm not alone. You're not alone. We discern through the Holy Ghost. Gifts are given. I don't think like I used to. I don't do the things like I used to. I don't speak like I used to. Doesn't mean that I don't. Okay? It doesn't mean that I don't because I still make mistakes today. But praise God, I make less mistakes than I did before. When I was just a baby Christian, I was making lots of mistakes and had to repent like 25 times a day. Now it's maybe five times a day. Okay? So, I mean, we've all got to go to God on our things every single day because we are human. And our flesh wants to win. So this morning I remember laying in bed going, Flesh, you're not going to get the best of me today. That's what I said. Flesh, you're not going to get the best of me today. My spirit is powerful and more stronger than anything because God is great in me. That's how I proclaimed this morning. That's how I got out of bed today. I remembered on March 6, 1977. Do you remember the day that you received Christ into your heart? Do you remember the day? I remember the day because it made a huge impact on my life. I was 
riding around on Harleys and mini skirts and <coughs> leathery clothes and, and the spiked heels and you know, smoking pot, drinking, carrying on, carousing. So when I changed, my family saw the change. And within one year, every one of them was saved. They said, because what you have, I want. Because it made a difference in your life. And even in that, I had owed $3,000 at the time, 1977. That's a lot of money to owe somebody. I owed my mother $3,000, and she forgave my debt because I received Christ, and my life began to change. I mean, began to change because I, was, I needed to go through some stuff to really change. I had made some poor decisions that I still had to work out, but I was saved. The Holy Ghost only speaks the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, John 8, 32. 1 John 2:20. you get an unction from the Holy Ghost, and you can know all things. Do you want to know some things? Then tap into the power of the Holy Ghost, because he knows all things. A lot of us want to know some stuff. You better just ask the Lord. He'll tell you if you're really, really seeking him. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth is come, He will guide you into all truth. So we've got the Holy Spirit in us, so we're going to be guided by truth. That's why I'm saying, you know when you do something wrong, don't you? Because His truth is going to bounce against that untruth. And then John 14, 26 says this, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. Remembering is a good thing. We talked about that in Bible study. Remembering is a good thing. We need to remember some things. So he, the Holy Spirit helps us to remember where we've come from. Remember who we are. So when did Jesus receive the Holy Ghost? There's a lot of controversy on that. When do you think Jesus received the Holy Ghost? Can anybody tell me when they think Jesus received the Holy Ghost? I have a scripture. Luke 1, excuse me. Matthew 1.20. When Jesus was baptized in water, he received the Holy Ghost. You see, the Holy Ghost hadn't been given yet, not even to Jesus. That's all I received. That's right. Luke 1, 41 says, And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her room, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus hadn't even been born yet. And yet, the Holy Ghost was given because God can do anything He wants. In the Old Testament, He gave the Holy Ghost to people who needed it. That's why David, and I believe that's why David would sing that psalm. He would say, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He says that in the psalm. Because he knows that God gave it to him as a gift, and he could take it away. But it can't be taken away in the New Testament because Jesus gave it once and for all, paid the price. When we receive it, we are sealed until the day of redemption. So 
Some people have different thoughts about that. That's okay. The truth will make us free, and when it happens, then we will know the truth. Jesus received the Holy Ghost when he was baptized in the water. Does that mean that we have to be baptized in water today to receive the Holy Ghost? Now remember, we receive the Holy Ghost when we receive Christ into our heart. We follow the Lord in baptism as a following him. Just to show, hey, you know what, I believe what you did. I am going to do the same thing. I'm going to follow you in baptism. John 3.16, sorry, I just gave you the wrong scripture. Um, John 3.16, it says, Jesus received the Holy Ghost when he was baptized in water. So John 14, 16 says, The Comforter was given to us by Jesus, and I will pray the Father, and he will send the Comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now, does forever mean when I am good, or when I make a mistake, or when I forget? It says forever in my Bible. It doesn't say only when you are, when you repent for your sin. Only when, no, it says the Comforter may abide with you forever, because the comforter in you is going to tell you when you're good and when you're not. You're going to know in your spirit. If you don't have that guy in there telling you some things, you're not going to repent. You're not going to even know what to repent. You need the Holy Ghost. John 16, 7 says, It is important, Jesus said, that I go away. If I don't go, the comforter will not come. See, the comforter isn't just there to just wrap his arms around you. Oh, it'll be all right. The comforter is there to say to you, hey, you know what, you, you, you slipped, your, your tongue slipped. The comforter is there to help you walk in truth, to help you repent when you make a mistake. I remember one time I was in a worship service, and there was this pool, and the singing was going on, and I was just in the hallelujah chorus mode, and I was singing, praising God. Somebody tapped me on the shoulder so that they can squeeze in on the seat next to me. And I guess I didn't have a very nice receiving facial expression because I, they, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we'll, I'll sit somewhere else. <laughs> Did the Holy Ghost convict me? Yeah. Oh, of course. I had to go and apologize to that lady after the services. But here's the important part. I couldn't apologize to her yet. Was I going to run out of the church and be all mad at myself? No, I had to say, Lord, forgive me. I just goofed. At the minute it happened, Lord, forgive me, because my arms were up, and then pretty soon they were like, eh, eh. I was feeling guilty, guilt. Oh, I did something bad. And then I said, Lord, forgive me. And at that moment, instantly, he forgave me. My hands went straight up as though it never happened. Then he had me go and talk to the lady afterwards. The Holy Spirit will convict you when he wants to convict you. It's not to condemn you. It's to convict you for change. I remember that prayer I said last time. I said, you know, the prayer that we do is we pray to God to change us, not God. So was the Holy Spirit with God at creation? Genesis 1-2, God moved upon the face of the waters. I like to look at the Holy Ghost as a mover and a shaker. He's what makes things go. I call him a holy get up and go. He makes me get up off the couch. He causes me to move. 
You don't have the Holy Ghost, you're just going to lay there and eat a bunch of potato chips. Of course, I do that too. But he eats them with me. Okay. So there's three that bear record in heaven, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit that lives within us, not Jesus. Did you know that? You know how many people I received Jesus into my heart? Uh, no, you actually didn't. What you did is you confessed Jesus as the Son of God, received him as for uh, you know, covering your sins, but it's the Holy Spirit that lives within you because Jesus is where? At the right hand of the Father. He's sitting there interceding. He's sitting there talking about us. So when we receive Jesus, we're basically receiving this gift that Jesus gave. And that's at Christmas time, too. We want to receive that gift in mega doses. I'm going to pray for you at the end here that you are filled with the anointing because it breaks the yoke. Filled with the anointing of God. Do you know that God anointed people that didn't even believe in him? Look at Silas in the Old Testament. He was a king. The prophet came to him and said, Hey, God wants to anoint you. He goes, oh, What? Who? He didn't even know there was a God that he could serve. He didn't even know Jesus. He didn't know nothing. See, God is, he can do anything he wants to. He can anoint anybody he wants to. Do you know that he anointed me to be here? I didn't anoint myself and I didn't call myself. It was God who did it. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, but it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor, nor either entered into the heart of men, the things which God hath prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed them to us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches the things of our heart, yea, the great deep things of our heart. So where does he search? What you're doing? On your land? How about your cows? How about your, your work? How is looking at your heart? We're all responsible for our heart. The anointing comes from the Holy Spirit. Through Jesus' death, he gave us the Holy Spirit. That's the gift we're talking about today. You know the Holy Ghost works in this church? I think, I mean, even before I got here, they was working... Butch can attest to that. Jeanette can attest to that. Gloria can attest to that. The building was built by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Do you believe that? I believe that. I believe it was in God's heart for this church to be here. I just happen to have a privilege to be able to speak for a couple of years. Who knows what's going to come after me, but I do know that the Holy Spirit is here because there's love. There's acceptance. There's tolerance. There's forgiveness. And that's all parts of love. You know, tongues is two things. You can either have a heavenly language, which is a little bit of gibberish, or actual language, which is tongues, where somebody's going to be able to interpret. And I know, Abimio, that one time we prayed for Justin. You were speaking in Spanish, and I gave it almost word for word what he said, and I didn't even speak Spanish. Now, only the Holy Spirit can do that. But he spoke an actual language to be interpreted. The gibberish that we speak is not to be interpreted. That's just between us and God. That's why I don't think we speak tongues in this church, because there's a little confusion on how that works. I pray in my heavenly language, like you did, Justin, the other day, all the way home driving around or something, right? 
I speak in my heavenly. I don't know what I'm saying, but my spirit does. And it builds me up. God is continually purging this church. I don't have to do it. He uses us because sometimes we say things we shouldn't say or do things we shouldn't do, but God still uses it on his behalf. He uses it for his purpose. You know, in the Bible it talks about your seed being on fertile ground so that things begin to grow. But how about the seed that falls on rocky ground? where the word just gets choked up and there's no fruit, there's nothing. Those are the people the Lord is purging from the church. He's getting ready to come back for a church without spot or blemish. Amen. He's doing the work. Yeah, we want everybody to come in from off the streets and come into church. Absolutely. I would love that. But it's his choice. It's his time to bring those people in. He's going to continue working in the church. So in closing, I'm going to look at John 3, 5. Jesus answered said, Verily I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You were born in your mother's womb, which brought a lot of water out with you when you got born, okay? And then to receive Christ in the spirit world for you to receive salvation. Because otherwise you cannot enter the kingdom of God. That's just a simple salvation message. And I, I know you've heard it before, 